0: Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at amplifypdx.com. Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. CRESA is the Occupier's Champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to CRESA.com slash Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From That Cast Creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. I think we've all, through this past couple of years, been trying to find ways to disconnect a little bit or reconnect. I know I have. If you've been listening to uh, the show, I've shared um, my, uh, I guess, I want to say struggles, but just you know, a little bit of burnout, like all of us. And I'm very excited to have John Staff, the founder and CEO of Getaway on the podcast today. If you're not familiar with Getaway, they own and operate several tiny cabins throughout the U.S., uh, with all of them less than two hours away from a major city. Locally, we have some just over the border in the gorge, uh, kind of by Glenwood, Trout Lake, Washington. And the more I've learned about Getaway, you know, I don't really think of them as a vacation rental company, but really almost a well-being company. So, again, I'm excited to have uh, John on. Uh, Welcome,
1: John. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet. I think a good place to start, you know, again for the folks maybe don't know about the company, if you don't mind, you know, give a little overview of it and you know a little bit of the origin story as well.
1: Yeah, so getaway is all about providing people more free time and helping them use their free time well, and it's it's a reaction to a world that's become completely overwhelming, overconnected, overcrowded, um, and so we're trying to give people a way to quickly and easily get away from the city, get away from work, get away from technology, and so the way we do that is with these tiny cabins in the woods, roughly two hours outside of major cities where people go to lock up their cell phone, there's no Wi-Fi, um, and and really the invitation is to do nothing. Um, or if you don't want to do nothing, reconnect with yourself, have a deep conversation with your partner or your kid, um, and really just kind of get off the treadmill for, for a night or two.
0: And when the company was founded, uh sorry I don't know this. What what year did you found it?
1: Uh I started this in 2015. Uh I had done only startups before this. Uh and had my midlife crisis I guess at 25 <laughs> years old and said I like starting stuff, I like building things, but I need to build something I really care about and that I want to exist in the world and I had no idea what that was. So I did uh I did a 5 month road trip in a friend of a friend's airstream trailer through the west. Uh mm. passed through Oregon actually. Spent a lot of time on the coast and know, on that trip, try to figure out like, okay, what's my next, what's my next project? And, you know, discovered tiny houses somewhere along the way, I think in Montana and said, I want one of these things. I want to buy or build one. Mm -hmm. I want to stick it, you know, in the woods far enough away from uh, where I live so that I can escape, but near enough so that I can go there frequently. And what I cared about for me is that I wanted to have a sacred place where I wasn't going to do work and where I would get get away from the internet and, and hopefully nobody would bother me. But, Uh, I had no money to buy or build one of these tiny houses. So I said, maybe if I start a company, I can raise some seed funds. And, you know, back then it was really not obvious that anyone else wanted to go to, you know, genuinely a very small place in the middle of nowhere to do nothing. But, um, I am grateful that I am not that unique. And it turns out other people were feeling what I was feeling. Uh, and here we are six years later.
0: Yeah. And so when you launched the business, you know i think it's like you said it's very obvious now especially what we're all kind of going through and just it feels like it's even we're just overly connected but when you started it how was kind of the reaction maybe if we want to dig in the business a little bit just from investors and when you did first launch it you know how to how to go
1: well yes a critical distinction between the reaction from Potential customers or actual customers, and, and then investors, because as we know, those are not not always the, the same thing. With Airbnb being maybe the most famous example of mm-hmm. and none of these rich, mostly guys wanted to sleep on anyone's couch, so they struggled to raise money. Um, for us, it was a, a, a similar uh, challenge um, with a twist, which is you know my background was in more kind of like venture capital, Silicon Valley style stuff, and that was my network. And you know that world is so much about you know let's build. Uh, tech businesses, platform businesses, you know, and and they're really allergic to investing, you know, dollars into anything physical. So I said, okay, this thing is more real estate-y. So I said, I got to go meet some real estate folks um, because the VC type folks won't get it. And then the real estate people really didn't get it. Um, You know, it's tiny cabins in the woods and and these things are on wheels and all that. Uh, And the real estate people were like, well, come back if you want to build an apartment building. (laughs) And so it took a lot of time, as the, the direct answer to your question, to just find the people, you know, that straddled those worlds or were willing to kind of step outside of their normal lane. But eventually, I found them and, you know, really became grateful for the fact that we had to go through that because I think it led us to, you know, people that were more open-minded and, and and you know, re- really, like, did the work to understand what we were trying to build and, and then supported us in doing it.
0: Yeah, and I know you have raised some money. I don't know if you can sh- share that publicly, about h- how much, but I'm sure you've raised maybe a couple, probably different inflection points uh, along the way, if, if that's right.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, we did a couple of small seed rounds, and then we did three major rounds of financing, totaling about uh, 80 million bucks on the equity okay. side.
0: So, I mean, I want to kind of you know, step back a little bit during the um, during the pandemic, and we have. You know, some vacation rent is different than your business, but their vacation rental kind of management companies and platforms here. One's called Vacasa, which they're about to go public and their business got hit extremely hard (laughs) during the pandemic. They laid off, you know, I think I want to say 60% of their people, but it has just roared back. I don't know for your business if it really got hit in that way. And I'm just curious during that when there's stay at home orders and things, how did that affect your business?
1: I mean, if you zoom out, um, it was as insensitive as, as it sounds, it was very good for business because we have a business that was by definition socially distanced. You know when yeah. you go to getaway, you're, the next cabin is 100, 150 feet away. There's no check-in desk, there's no lobby, there's no bar, there's no restaurant. We didn't have to apologize that the pool was closed because there is right. no pool. Um, so um, what had been about you know 90 percent uh, occupied Across our business turned into ninety nine and a half percent during the during the height of the pandemic, and it it stayed it stayed not quite that high, but but close to it. Um, oh, wow. But as you point out, the first the first two months were not that. So um, many other businesses had much tougher and longer periods of trying to sort stuff out. But for the first two months, I mean, you know, we're trying to figure out: are we allowed to be open? Where are we allowed to be open? What are, what rules do we need to follow? How do we keep everybody safe? um and you know and made a lot of bad decisions in revenue with hindsight being 2020 you know specifically we cut a lot of cost we pulled back on a lot of the growth we had planned because you know we we had no idea what to expect or what to do and so i think it was probably the right decision at the time but um but but absolutely the wrong decision given how things turned out
0: yeah no thanks for sharing that and i think that level of uncertainty uncertainty I don't think can be overstated because it was it's you know we're a little distance from it now but it was wild (laughs) sometimes I stop myself and think and just like what we've all been through and just it's hard to uh, wrap my head around it and I I can't imagine running a business during that time
1: well well. and it's humbling as, as a as a business person or or as an individual to like think back at that moment like who among us would have bet but housing prices would be through through the roof. Yeah. Who of us would have bet like what happened in the stock market? Like, you know, on and on. like I would have been like down the list wrong on everything <laughs> in too. March, April, May, June, twenty twenty, if yeah. I had to I had to bet on any of these things.
0: And, well, I want to read a quote, and you kind of said this when we uh, first started the podcast. But I, I read that uh, maybe I don't know it was the Boston Globe or, or something on your expansion. You said it. A getaway. We believe that free time is a rit- a right that should be made a ritual. And I, that really kind of kind of resonated with me. And I don't know if you can exp- expand it on that because I know that's built in your your mission, and uh, I think it's just more prevalent than ever r- r- right now. That free time because we're just so everything is just coming at us, you, you know, from all directions as far as information and things. So uh, I, I don't know if you could just talk a little bit about that that mission.
1: It's core to everything we do. And it feels so obvious to me. It's almost hard to talk about the fact that people should have free time. But of course, um, we don't. Most of us don't have uh, as much free time as we want. We have less free time than we did before. I recently read that we're actually working on average a month more than we did in 1980. Like, wow. where did that month come from? Yeah. Uh, as you indicate, like, we're inundated now, obviously, by, you know, push notifications and text messages and bosses calling us on off hours and our laptops sitting on our, our couch while we're watching Netflix. And all that is almost passé to talk about because, you know, it's, we all know that. And, mm. uh, and, you know, how boring to talk about too much screen time or or whatever, but like we're in this massive shift. You know, the iPhone only came out in two thousand seven or whatever. so yeah. yes, we've had years of talking about like what is this thing and and what what does it represent and how has it changed our lives but we have not by any means figured figured it out, figured out how it's changing society. so um, for all those reasons, you know, I feel it's an important moment to say this free time thing is real. it's important. we need it. Um, it's not just for the wealthy. it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, what you do with your leftover time, if you get everything else done that you're obligated to do or expected to do or pressured to do, um, it's something we all need. And, you know, I I think about, and this is maybe a dour note, but um, I read this news story not long ago and and it was about a woman who worked three jobs at three different Dunkin' Donuts with three different management teams where the scheduling was totally inflexible. And if you if you needed an adjustment to your schedule, you basically lost your job. Hmm. And that woman died in her car. Uh, sleeping outside of one of these Dunkin' Donuts, um, because she had three hours between her shifts, uh, and that was her life. You know, so when we talk about free time as a right and a ritual, there's like, yes, getaway cabins in the woods might help you have a little bit more free time, but you know, the ambition and the vision and the mission and you know the beliefs I have and we have as a company are how can we contribute to that? You know, and and our product hopefully is one small way, but. Um, I, I hope we can contribute in much bigger ways and I hope we can inspire other folks to say, this is not just a luxury good, uh, yeah. for, for the wealthy and the privileged.
0: And on that note, I mean, your, your cabins, they're very affordable, they're very attainable, uh, for everybody. I think if people don't know that, uh, sh- should, um, so, and you're, I think you're seeing that in a lot of new companies sprouting up, obviously this, this space of different elements of, uh, of this are, I think. Through the pandemic, have come up a lot, so I just think it's going to be it's time for it. And I think you were probably a little ahead of the time, maybe when you started six years ago, because uh, you know it wasn't as obvious, like you said. So, no. um, I you know I wanted to just take it a little, you know, as someone who's this is your mission, but you're also running a company that has taken a, you know pretty substantial amount of funding from investors. So, how do you kind of implement that in your team and? Yourself to really you know, stay true to that while you have this company you're trying to grow and have investors behind it supporting you.
1: Yeah, I'll start by saying that that's my hardest management challenge always is how do we get the balance right? And by balance, what I mean is it would be pretty easy to run a business where you know everybody has a fair amount of free time, um, but I think that that would be a small business and you know yeah. a business without the ambitions we have. So the balance is how do we stay true to you know, all of our beliefs and our values and have, quote unquote, the inside match the outside, while also being a very ambitious company that wants to do a lot and, and has a lot of momentum and wants to capitalize on that. And um, if, the, if that was easy, a lot of companies would have done it. Um, and I think, you know, one lesson I take away is just naming tensions helps a lot, just on its own. Like these things are in tension. Let's recognize that we care about them both. And it is, you know, it is our job to try to strike those balances as well as we can. Uh, some of the specific things you know we've done, I, well, I guess before I say that, the second thing, as you as you alluded to investors a couple of times in the question is, you know, being as clear as we can be as early as we can be in relationships with new partners in particular investors about this is what we believe, this is what we're going to do, this is the type of company we are. Yes, we're flexible, of course, and whatever, but like just so everybody knows like this is what we're up to and not surprise anybody after they've written a big check or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think you can do that on everything, but you can do that on a, on a couple big important things. Um, and then the specific things are, you know, we do mandatory vacation because I think unlimited vacation is an oxymoron um, and it confuses people. And now the studies are showing it stresses, it stresses mm-hmm. folks out. They actually take less vacation. Um, but we also know that Americans waste or don't take 600 million vacation days a year. So we try to fix that by just saying, you get your days and you got to take them and we're going to make sure you do. So that's one thing. Um, We uh, do a get a day, we call it, which is a a Friday off every month. uh, In addition to your vacation time and holidays. Uh, This year, we did a thing called labor week, which is we actually shut down the whole business uh, Mm -hmm. for the week around labor day uh, and experienced uh, what some folks would call collective rest. So the idea that Vacation is great, but uh, but a, a separate, different, wonderful thing is when all of your colleagues are off at the same time, um, and so the emails aren't coming in, and you don't come back to you know a whole pile of work that other folks created for you uh, while you are out. And you know we're going to keep innovating on this front. It's you know, and I guess what I have end on is saying like it's a constant set of experiments and trials and errors. And some of the things we've tried have really worked and stuck, and 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 many of them haven't. Um, but we, you know, but our commitment is to keep trying and keep figuring it out and you know, know that it's not going to be easy to strike that initial balance I talked about, but uh, we'll get there if we have time and 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 we keep trying things and learning as fast as we can.
0: Yeah, and cl- collective rest. I, I love the term. And, you know, a company in our own backyard here did a week like Nike uh, fairly recently as well. So it's really interesting and obviously um, exciting to see this kind of maybe trend, but because like you said, even though if you take a day off, Things are still coming at you, right? So uh, that's that's cool. So I want to talk about a little bit of the growth of what you can share. I know you are on a trip. You're in you know New York right now. You're on a trip to the West Coast. Some some new cabins you launched. Can you t- talk about uh, some of the things that are coming down the road for getaway?
1: Yeah. So we um, we just announced five new openings. Uh, so uh, we just opened Seattle, and then uh, coming down the pike is New Orleans, a second Boston location, Indianapolis, Kansas City uh in minneapolis that's actually six with seattle which is which is already open um and you know hopefully many more so we're uh well we have huge ambitions and lots of ideas and dreams but uh at the moment you know the the business is working people seem to like going to these cabins they they report pretty meaningful experiences you know people come back and not just tell us hey we liked it but you know i had this breakthrough about my career or you know, I, I finally had the space to grieve or like I see my kid every day, but we actually talked in a real way, which doesn't happen very often. Um, so, you know, uh, that's our fuel to say, let's, let's keep bringing these to more, more places. So that's what we're up to. That's great. Thanks for
0: sharing. I'm, you know, looking forward to, you know, obviously, uh, I, I'm, uh, biased here in Oregon, but I look forward to if you launch any more here on the coast or, 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 or such. So we'll, we'll see, but, uh yeah you know, i think i mentioned this and we we're kind of connected before we uh scheduled this podcast just kind of managing a team and the whole remote work and great resignation stuff that's in the media i mean what's your thoughts on that i don't know if your team is distributed and my gut is maybe to some extent so um just things you've learned around that too
1: yeah we're all remote now so we used to have a headquarters here in brooklyn Uh we no longer do Uh we of course have folks that work at our our getaway outposts um, one of the things that's been great about it uh is that it's leveled the playing field this you know I, I don't think we ever had a huge disconnect but there was kind of like hq in brooklyn and then everywhere else and now there is no hq in brooklyn to to wonder about or worry about or or whatever and you know the scene would be you know we'd have team meetings and a bunch of us would be sitting on you know sofas or whatever and a bunch of people would be on, on the screen now everybody's on the screen so that kind of Brings us closer together um, in a nice way. It's been really heartening to see people, you know, move closer to their family or move to their dream town or just kind of like be flexible with their life. So, so all that's been good. Um, the hard part's been connection. It's just it just is more difficult to, you know. And uh, this is nothing groundbreaking to say, but I'm feeling it now in particular. Of it's just like tough to have that moment that you'd have, you know, when you walk out of the office to get a quick coffee or have a beer after work or something when, when everybody's all over the place. And I think we've all figured out that, you know, you can, you can do some of that on zoom, but you can't do all of it on zoom. So we're, you know, it's another one we're just going to have to keep, keep working at and and figure out what sticks and and what doesn't. And do you, I mean, assuming based on the,
0: the, uh, what you do, do you have multiple kind of, Hey, we're going to all meet at this cluster of cabins and, you know, this part of the country for throughout the year, or is it,
1: yeah, kind of we yeah. have a lot of we have a lot of that that happens sort of naturally around opening new locations or 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 going to visit the folks uh, that that are running certain locations. So so that happens, and uh, we're we're thinking about now how to be more strategic about that. Do we bring everybody together for one big shindig once a year, um, or do we do smaller, more intimate gatherings, uh, either by team or cross team or whatever? Mm-hmm. But you know, if I think about like one of the reasons. We decided to get rid of the office. It's like I don't really believe in it, in, especially not in the nine to five sense of you know strapping people to their desks and saying this is the only place you can work. So we can, you know, I still get people, uh, you know, mentors or advisors that say, "Can you really trust people to get anything done?" And it's like, man, if I can't trust them to do their jobs, like we got other problems. So yeah, um, so I, I just think the office has has all these flaws. So I, I don't want to go back to it, but um, but we got to figure out how to make. You know, two specific things happen. One, weak ties. So how do you get to know people that you don't interact with pretty intensely in your day job? And two, creative collisions. How do we, you know, make that, Mm. you know, magical water cooler moment where you come up with a great idea uh, happen? And I think those are the things that we want to, you know, that I think gathering at getaway outposts or somewhere else in person can be particularly helpful with.
0: Yeah. We've started some really good terms to me. creative collisions. And was it collective rest? I'm stealing yes. those, and take, yes. taking them. So. one might lead to the other. Yeah, exactly. So, well, John, thanks so much for being on the podcast. If they wanted to learn more about getaway, it's getaway.house. Is, is that right?
1: Yeah, it's getaway.house and Instagram getaway house.
0: And then, if they wanted to learn about more about you or you know potentially connect with you, or yeah, just-
1: I'm on uh, I'm 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 on LinkedIn pretty actively, uh, John Staff, and uh, uh, also on Instagram. Uh just my name, John Staff.
0: Great. Well, John, thanks so much. Thank you. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of That Cast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast dot com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.